welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Home Alone for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Home Alone for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System was developed by Imagineering and published by THQ in North America in October of 1991, in PAL territories in January of 92, just missing the Christmas holiday, and in Japan in August of 1992 as well. Okay. One full year after the release of the film, I'm guessing to tie in with the home video release. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. Now, we've talked about THQ briefly before. So I'd like to take this moment to talk about Imagineering. Okay. Are you familiar with that name? Uh, y- yeah, I, I can't p- place other games. I'm trying to think. It, it oh, I know why you a... can't. And that is because it is the in-house studio for Absolute Entertainment. Okay. And who was Absolute Entertainment, you ask? I do ask. Well, it is uh, the company that was founded by Gary Kitchen and Dan Kitchen, along with David Crane. After they left Activision. Gotcha. Yes. And Imagineering is, uh, well, they're responsible for such great games as Bart versus the Space Mutants, Bart versus the World, Bart Simpson Escapes from Camp Deadly, Family Feud, Jeopardy, Home Alone, Barbie, Bill and Ted, The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, Bart versus the Juggernauts, Bart meets Radioactive Man, and the list goes on and on. The one thing tying these all together is that 95% of them are all just horrible tie-ins based off of a licensed property. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it really makes sense. It's uh, (laughs) like you get those, you know, like with David Crane, you know, where you can see it in Bart versus the Space Mutants, where it's this kind of old school mentality from like even pre-NES days, you know? Oh, yes. And... I mean, that also goes into this game because it was designed by Gary Kitchen himself. Mm. You know, we've said the name before. He is the man behind uh, Ghostbusters and its original idea and concept. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, much like that game, interesting concept, not the best game. Yeah, yeah. It's somewhere between the drawing board and the finished product, something went wrong. Yeah. And, you know, this was one of many, many tie-ins. We've talked about the NES version in the past. But, you know, there were Home Alone games that came out for every system you can imagine. Yeah, From the <laughs> Amiga to DOS to the Game Gear. So I guess what I'm saying is, see you again next year. What have we gotten ourselves into? Oh. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Home Alone for the Super Nintendo? Because it does differ greatly from the Nintendo version. Oh, yes. This is a side-scrolling action platformer. You, It's much different than the first one in that you actually kind of have levels that you go through as you... Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But you can jump. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's a little awkward, but I will say this. You can jump and you can attack in this game, which is more than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The jump isn't as bad as you might think. The problem is that your inertia, I don't know, you, it's slippy. Your movement is very slippy. And the jump has a very low arc. Yeah, it's weird. 
And most of the things you encounter are very tall, which is the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now, in this game, you can attack, and your base attack when you start is with a gun. And it looks like a very realistic pistol that you're going to shoot robbers with. <laughs> That's right. But unfortunately, it only shoots water. Yes. And well, it's very realistic for like the old fashioned squirt guns because it is just a little tiny squirt that just plops out to the ground. Yeah. And if you, depending on the target, uh, you shoot them a couple times and they'll bend over for whatever reason and you have the chance to jump over. Yeah. They're stunned for a few moments. Mm -hmm. But like we said, there is more than one weapon in this game. As you uh, progress through the areas, you will find other weapons and all of them uh, consume ammo and you get more ammo by finding more of that weapon. Yeah, like the slingshot. And it is also a projectile, but it goes across the entire screen. Am I right? Uh, I think so. I, I barely used it because it, um, you know, it does has a better range and it moves faster and stuff. And it's supposedly better in certain ways, but it never seemed to really work for when I used it. Mm -hmm. like it would just bounce off the guys i don't know how many shots it takes but since it's limited ammo and your water pistol is not i just shied away from it yeah i found it to take about as many hits as the water pistol usually did okay yeah yeah and then what else do we have well we got a baseball and you know you throw a baseball at the guys um again didn't seem to work much better you know it's better range and stuff i know that if you're close enough you can catch it after it bounces off an enemy and it won't deplete your ammo oh wow now it is definitely stronger because it's just a one hit to knock out a lot of enemies right right and then we have the final weapon right the big big boy that's right the hunting the rifle <laughs> yeah, oh i know it's a bb gun yeah you get a bb gun um full screen shoots the fastest I, i'm guessing it's the strongest by the time Again, i found it though i never used it because i was just used to my normal routine and pace well you know I don't even know that you have to use weapons in a lot of places. <laughs> like, No. In fact, I, I, I find uh, running is usually your best option. Agreed. Yeah. Now, you don't just find weapons scattered through these areas. You also find uh, pizza slices. Yes. Uh, you have a little display that lets you know how many slices you've collected. And if you get eight, you get a one-up. Yeah. And sometimes you'll find a full pizza, and that's just a one-up by itself. Yeah. Which, you know, cool. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. as uh, I guess you're playing as Kevin McAllister... Although you look more like a young uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo, I think. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> You're a blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid. That's all you need to know. Yes. And you do have health, though. Yeah, you have like three hit points. And you can replenish them by getting a cookie, which will fill up one hit point. Yeah, you have three uh, hit points. And you can refill those one at a time when you find cookies. Yum, yum. And what's really nice about this game is that anytime you knock an item loose or whatever, which we'll get into that mechanic in a moment, if you don't collect it, it's still there to be knocked loose again. Yeah. So you don't have to get that cookie right away. Yeah, just don't pick it up. Now you start the game with three lives? Uh, yes. And there are no continues? Correct. There so. is one more item, though. Oh, what is it? Well, it's the aftershave. Oh, is that the thing that makes you invincible? Yeah. Is it in more than one level? Uh, not that I could tell. Because <laughs> we found it once and then found it very confusing. Yeah, I did it at the very end, and I was like, oh, well, here, here this is now, I guess. I don't know. And uh, as we all know, Kevin McAllister loves to use aftershave and then scream into a mirror. Yes, you'll, we all do. Yeah, you'll be reminded of this when you uh, die as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get a great scene where it shows some, which, you know, you see a couple of these. The game has a bunch of digitized graphics from the movie. And they all look fairly good. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the sound is straight out of the movie, so mm -hmm. it just sounds a little weird. Hmm. Mm -hmm. 
But the main concept of this game is that in each level, you are in your house, the wet bandits and their the rest of their gang, I guess, is there. And <laughs> you must go and collect all of the valuables in your house and drop them down the laundry chutes to your basement. Yeah. Where there is a giant safe with a bank vault door. <laughs> yeah. And then once you've collected the required number of items, then you can go to the basement, which is uh, infested with either uh, vermin or ghosts. Mm-hmm. And you must make it past them, at which point you sometimes fight a weird boss and then, <laughs> I guess, lock up your valuables. Yeah. So you're kind of, you know, and it's each of these, there's four wings of the house and they each have a different kind of themed item that your items you're looking for. Oh, is that what was going on? I just thought you were starting over again every time. No, because it gets weird. If you read the little interstitials in between, like yeah. Kevin will be like, oh, they're well, now they're heading for the electronics wing. Yeah. Where you have like 50 alarm clocks <laughs> but or the pets wing at the very end. But yeah, so you're collecting these little items. You have a backpack that can hold like 10 what changes, I think, as in the first level, I think it's only six or five. Yeah, yeah. I think it increases as the game goes on. But as you, so you load up your backpack, it can only hold a certain amount. And then you have to, in each wing, there are two floors. And I think each floor has a laundry chute. And you keep trying to find items and drop them in the chute to unload them. Yeah, that's it. And while avoiding enemies, you know. And you search basically by jumping around and pressing up everywhere. Yeah, that's the key. Things aren't uh, shown until you press up. So basically this entire game, you're just pressing up as you run around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which also means that when you forget, you just walk into doors all the time. Well, that's true, too. Yeah, because each floor has usually has a few rooms. You can go in. There are assorted criminals and treasures to be found. Well, Nick, my hopes are definitely not up because... <laughs> This is, uh, like we said, Imagineering as a way of absolute entertainment, tie-in film. What what could this manual even be like? Well, it is a 13-page full color. Oh, wow. But it's only got screenshots. Um, That's still uh, somewhat amazing. But I think it doesn't yeah. need to be much more than brief. No, no, no. And, uh, you know, I give him credit for that. The only real interesting thing is the story is that this actually takes place after the events of the Home Alone movie. Wait. Yeah. It's a weird sequel where the wet bandits have got out of jail and then they got all their criminal friends to help them. And somehow they arranged for your family to leave. Now, does it mention that the wet bandits went back in time at all? No, no. To so the, the 30s to find their mobster friends. I, yeah, it's uh, pretty weird. But so it, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> so, yeah, you get a weird story and it goes through the four items and four weapons and that's it and you get a page for controls like it's very short and to the points okay uh now you do get a high score and when you beat this game which i forgot to ask you about that doesn't give you any point or any lives does it i don't think so because uh, there is a cheat where a cheat or a trick where you can get extra points by jumping on the right side of the bed and pressing x in every starting room yeah and then it says someone's name it seems fairly useless i did every level but it did nothing for me <laughs> But so there's no place to even write down that high score, huh? No, sir. Fair enough. So, Nick, what was your personal history with uh, Home Alone for Super Nintendo? <laughs> there's no history here, sir. And then a side note, when was the last time you saw Home Alone? Oh, wow. 
I don't know, 1992 or three, probably. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's been a while. I was going to ask you to watch this uh, for this uh, very podcast, but then I forgot. So Ugh, I, I want to yeah. see if it held up, you know, if it uh, synced with this this gameplay at all. No, I'm just I'm, kidding. Uh, you always ask me how how it, how things match to the movie, but <laughs> I thought I'd turn the tables on you for once. Ooh, well, don't worry. You dodged a bullet. Ooh. I also never played this game, even though my brother uh, had the Nintendo version and loved this movie, and I was forced to watch it for years and years with my family, and I famously don't <laughs> like it, so I know I'm sorry, listeners. Ooh. Although someone very kindly uh, pointed out they didn't have to apologize for not liking it on Twitter uh, the other week, so hey. Yeah, well, thanks hey. to them. It's true. And, you know, I liked it well enough when I was a kid, but I can't imagine going back and it really, you know what I mean? As an adult, I don't know. Well, you can argue with my mom about that one. Mostly, the thing I liked the least about Home Alone was how poor it made me feel. But (laughs) yeah, well, because you didn't live in a mansion. Yeah. Where I was like, holy cow. Like, I just want to hang out in the house, not even traps or anything. Like, just let me, let me hang out with Kevin for a minute, man. Right. Then, Nick, what was your more recent experience with Home Alone for Super Nintendo? Oh, well, I beat this game. In um, how many sittings? Uh, four. I think it was three for myself. I forced my son to play it with me. Although eh. we were pleasantly surprised that it wasn't really hard. It was just tedious. Yeah, I I did cheat. I mean, I saved in between levels. Oh, I, I cheated, too. I, I saved between levels, but then of specifically at the beginning of the basement. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. True, true. I did that as well. Because, yeah, this is not a game you really want to replay any part of if you can (laughs) avoid it. So I made sure that that was not going to be a problem there. Yeah. All right, folks, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And I would just like to start by saying that this game is surprisingly not awful, but it's also very boring. Yeah, uh, it's 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 the same thing <laughs> over and over. It's it's OK, I guess. But I mean, if you described it to someone, it may sound like a good idea. But in execution over and over and over again, it is just a tedious slog. Well, yeah, you're just collecting stuff and you don't ever get to do anything cool. No, uh, the few traps that are out there, which we didn't really talk about, and I think we will a little bit later, are not fun to use or satisfying. No, yeah, you get a few, you know, you can drop a bowling ball or something by, and and it just, you know, it'll knock one of the nameless gangsters away, Mm -hmm. and there you go. And they'll come back if you enter a room and leave, you know, so it's like, ugh, well, you jump over some tacks. Let's talk about these mobsters. Yeah, yeah. You've got a stereotypical gangster. With a hat and cigar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got pinstripe hat throwing boomerang mobster. Yeah, yeah. He's like odd job or something. Is that it? Is that the rest of the crew? I think. And then you've got Harry and Marv. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll talk about their mechanics uh, in our level by level since there's nothing else to talk about there. <laughs> uh, <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, and it's just so sparse. I mean, if there were more enemies, more anything, it would be nice. Yeah. And the levels are just, they're always two floors. With a stairway. With all of the same rooms, practically. Yeah, with just doors, you know? I don't know. It's like there's, it's so plain and white bread that, blech. Now, what did you think about the sprites for the Wet Bandits themselves? They were okay in that I could tell what they were going for, especially the, who was it, Marv, Daniel Stern? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I liked them not for how close they were to their 
actual characters, but how like grotesque they were yes. of a caricature of the character. <laughs> they look, they are ugly. Yeah, the one, the Joe Pesci one is like amazingly gross. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, uh, it's weird because the graphics aren't bad. It's just they're bland and just to repeat so much. Yeah, and you get some weird, unclear platforms sometimes. That's the like, worst part. You, sometimes you jump on like the back of a chair. Sometimes, you know, these different, you just have to explore kind of to figure out what you can jump on. Sometimes you jump on tables. Sometimes you can't. And you have to do the weird stomp to yeah. shake a thing off. You know, it's. <laughs> there is nothing about any surface that lets you know it is a standable terrain. Yeah, that's something that really reminds me of uh, Barton Space Mutants, where yeah, it's like you can jump on window frames and things some sometimes. And well, there's like a part where there's these like little boxes on the wall that you barely even notice at the very end that you have to jump across. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what do we do? I don't even know. And I was like, oh, I think we got to get to the ceiling and jump across those weird spots. They look like a light switch or something. Yeah, but it's never telegraphed in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, none of this stuff is helped by the game's very sparse soundtrack. Yeah, that's my next point. And the music isn't bad, I don't think. There's one song that's a little bit annoying. But it's, you're going to hear those same songs over and over again. Yeah, well, you only have like five or six. You I was going to ask you how many. I thought it was only four. Yeah, and, and the key is that they are all a loops of about 30 to 35 seconds. So it's just over yeah. and over. And There's over. one highlight in the soundtrack, and that is when it plays... Uh, Music from the Nutcracker. Yeah, what is that? The is it Sugar Plum Fairies? I think it is the yeah. dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. All I know is a wonderful little like uh, respite there. You're like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, and then you know, back to <laughs> yes, it's some weird uh, choices in the actual instruments being used as well. Yeah, weird samples. Now, the weirdest part of this game is the basement. Yeah, I couldn't remember. He has like a basement nightmare or something. No, in the basement is the old-fashioned heater, and it makes such weird noises. Then when he goes down there to look at it, like it's like a monster in his mind. It actually, uh, I think, does sell say Kevin or like, and it yeah. glows and shakes or whatever. Okay. And that's also where he finds all of his instruments of destruction and torture. Where he, I mean, that's like a because it does say in the manual where it's like, then you must confront your fears to shut all the stuff in the vault. Yeah, because you're afraid of that heater. But instead, the basement here, one, they take away your ability to attack, which is insane. Yeah. And then they just fill it with one type of weird creature. It's like uh, rats. Yeah, rats, spiders. Spiders. And then ghosts, which is very troubling. I'm like, how many people were murdered in this house? (laughs) There's just a sea of ghosts (laughs) flying around. They built this on the foundation of Castlevania. Or it could be an Indian burial ground. Now... At the end of the second and third, and is there four levels of this game? There's four wings, yeah. The four, the, the last three levels, there is a boss you fight, which is also weird and useless. And we'll talk about that more later, but they were very unsatisfying fights. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I mean, for me overall, this is one of those things, and it's kind of the, the Gary Kitchen special where I'm like, this is a cool idea, but maybe yeah. if it wasn't tied to the license it was tied to, it could have been explored a little better. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of these, like, design choices and stuff where I'm like, yeah, an 83 or 4, if this was an arcade game, you'd be like, yeah, you got to go collect the stuff, and yeah, it's fine. Or on your Commodore 64. Yeah, yeah, but not in a 1992 Super Nintendo game. Yeah, not in the highfalutin world of 1992. No, man, we knew things then, by then. We totally did. 
All right, folks and friends, this is the level by level portion of our show. And there are four levels in this game, but they are all very, very similar. Um, yeah. So at the beginning of each level, you wake up in your bedroom. Yeah, you, apparently you have four bedrooms, one in each wing of your house. Yeah, and that's how you know which wing of the house you're in, is that the jersey number on the jersey above your bed changes. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, it's just uh, go from room to room and item to item in each hallway and press up, opening drawers, baskets, shifting paintings, whatever it might be. And yeah. sometimes a thing will fly out of it themed to each level. And yeah. level one's theme is valuables. Yeah, you get candelabras and some kind of emerald gemstones and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. jewelry. And then as you make your way through the level, you find the mobster and he just stands there. Sometimes eventually starts chasing you. Uh, but there are a few hazards you're going to encounter or just one hazard, I guess. Yeah, there's well, there's tax and micro machines and micro machines on the floor. You have to jump over. You can lure the enemies into them and then they'll make a funny sound when they fall off screen. Yes. And the enemies you have to lure are usually Harv and Merv. Wait, <laughs> Harry and Merv. Marv. Marv. Oh, my God. Harry and Marv. And they are otherwise invincible. You can stun them, but they will never be destroyed. Yeah. And Marv is the tricky one because he's too tall to jump over. Yeah, even when he leans over, correct? Yeah, I I could never do it. I even tried using the baseball and stuff, mm -hmm. and it never seemed to have any effect. I don't know if you had to shoot him just more and more, but honestly, whenever I saw him, I either ran away or just ran into him. And I was like, screw it, I'll take the hit. Yeah, same here. Because uh, later on, I had enough extra lives where I was like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was and, getting a lot of pizza, brother. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, uh, famously, it's the destruction of the pizza by Kevin. When he's <laughs> told to look what he did, the little jerk. The little jerk. That's when his ticket is swept off the table and put in the garbage. Oh, so it was his fault. In a way. Well, that's how they don't notice that they don't have one of their children with them as they get on the <laughs> plane and there's not an extra ticket in their, uh, you know, whatever. That's shameful. Yes. But uh, the two wet bandits that we know from the films, you know, they do just appear sometimes in the hallways or in rooms to start chasing you down. And your best bet is usually to just try to find a way over them. Yeah, yeah. If you can stun someone with a water gun, it, really, it's just Marv. The rest of them are not a big problem, I've found. Mm -mm. And if you're outside, the other thing you want to do is try to lure them to or over one of those two obstacles, either the jacks, tacks, or whatever they are, or the mm -hmm. micro machines. Yeah. Because that'll remove them from the level until you go into another door. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, there's a little bit of exploration, I guess. You're just going through this level. You try to get as many treasures as you can dropped in. I, I do I, want to note, though, that the sound and the weird animation of them falling off the level is probably my favorite thing out of this game. Yes, it's great. It's the, the one rewarding thing you get. <laughs> yeah, because it's so awkward looking and that noise is so great. It's just... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's perfect. But like you said, there is a light exploration because you have to go into each room to find the objects. And the rooms you're going into are bathrooms, bedrooms, studies, sometimes a library. Yeah. And But the problem is, is you do the exact same thing in every room. You just press up the entire time as you run around. Uh, if there is a bed, you can jump on it. It will make you bounce. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to get off said bed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's it. Well, here's one thing, though, is that I'm not sure how many, you know, it gives you like 20 or so items you got to pick up, right? Mm-hmm. But and there's I, more than that items out uh, there. Be, 
there is a few in each level the extra level uh, amount of items goes down a little bit i feel yeah yeah because some of the if you reveal an item and harry's in the room he'll grab it and get away and then you just lost it so i think you could really screw yourself if you weren't careful whereas marv always just comes straight after kevin right now in the first level you have to get 24 things okay to the basement and then what's your backpack holds like eight so you have to yeah you have to stop and drop things off from time to time yeah and then you know there are also these traps where there's a banana peel there's a paint can and a bowling ball i think yeah and if you hit them or hit something near them at the right time they will fall and if they fall onto any of the mobsters or wet bandits it will knock them out or knock them off the screen i think yeah But once you have uh, found all 24 of your items and put them into the chute, then you can go down to the first floor and there's a door you have not been able to enter yet. It's right below the stairs. It is a brown door, unlike all of the other white doors. Yeah. And now there will be a key in front of it. Yeah, just laying there. And so you grab that and then it's basement time, baby. Yes. And this is a, uh, a little platforming section where you're jumping over. Is it spiders in the first one? No, the first one is bats. Oh, bats. Okay. Uh, You're getting your spiders mixed up. So it's bats (laughs) in the first one. And it is actually kind of hard because they're flying at different levels. And then randomly a rat will run past you. It's one of these things that's like much of this game. I feel like the first time you play, it might be like, oh, this is a little tricky. But you, you can quickly figure out a you can rehearse the way to jump through these short things. It's all you can do is jump and avoid them. It has a very old school arcadey feel. And it's way longer than you would imagine as well. Yeah, pretty. Not. Not too bad, but... But at the end, is just all your stuff. And like we mentioned, that giant bank vault door, you do like a weird tornado whirlwind move, throwing everything in there. That's right. It's gross. And uh, at the end of the first level, you say, all right, with a W, not an L. All right. And you declare that these guys are pushovers. And as you said, you got to move to the next wing, wing two. Uh, you start out in a slightly larger bedroom. And this is all about... Uh, the toys you got to rescue the mm-hmm. toys so mostly trains um trying to think there's like a car right and uh, yeah and those sometimes will be just driving around on the ground which is nice yeah and um one. in this wing there are giant uh toy soldiers to jump oh, yeah. off of yeah you can jump on their rifles giant jack-in-the-box boxes that don't have jacks in them <laughs> pretty cool i did like the look of the game room it has some uh pinball machines in it sure sure and, you know, you do get some really creepy teddy bears in this level as well. Mm, yes. All the I toys. Don't like, I don't like their eyes. Have a have a bad look about them. And you need 30 toys to get to the basement of this level. Mm, but, you know, they're all over the place. It's the same stuff, same enemies, different rooms. Now, when you go into the basement this time, it is now overgrown with spiders. And this one I thought was a little tricky because there's a few places where I really couldn't figure out how to get past the spider without taking a hit. Like, I don't know if, like, you just had to have gotten there faster, and I I didn't. Well, that's the thing. I feel like it's got this weird, like, I don't know how it really spawns them, because it's like, if you just keep moving sometimes, because you'll have different speeds of spiders coming. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you get there at the right time, sometimes it'll just, they'll sync up to where it's easier to jump over. It seemed that way? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then waiting for you at the very end is a giant spider or tarantula oh and now what how do you fight this well you fight it the way you're going to fight every boss from here on out there is one different colored brick of the giant bricks in the background yeah and when you touch it 
it wobbles and then falls or it bounces and falls at a very weird time. Yeah. And if you uh, hit the spider with it, it will speed up. And is it four or five hits? I think so. I think I think four. And this boss is incredibly easy to avoid and to hit. Yeah. You just try to time it out right, drop that brick and crush it. I'm always trying to drop that brick. It's my <laughs> motto. Dropping bricks. Now, after this, you get to move on to your third wing, the electronics wing, where, like you said, you are picking up a ton of alarm clocks. Digital alarm clocks. Fancy. Red lettered digital alarm clocks. Now, this level, you need 35 items to get to the basement. And uh, they add the annoying uh, three-tiered light in this level. Oh, sure. Yeah. That uh, has very tiny platforms to jump up on. Way too tiny to, you know, comfortably deal with. Well, tiny in gameplay and in real life. Like, these things are not even the size of a foot. Like, how do you stand on it? You would never think to try to jump on that. Correct. And I don't know if it's this level, but... We briefly mentioned that there are like two or three spots in the game where there is an item you have to knock off of a table or ledge. Mm -hmm. And that's never, ever telegraphed or explained to you that's a thing you do. No. Yeah, because you're like, I could jump on tables before, but now this one I can't. And then you get this weird stomp. There's one. I think that's in the first level because I remember the gem. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because if you're not paying very close attention, it just looks like you're making a weird noise and not achieving anything. Right. But the item is bouncing very slightly and moving towards the, the front. And then nice. eventually it falls off and you can collect it. Hot dog. I mean, there's really not much else that stands out in uh, this wing. <laughs> What's in the basement for us this time? Well, you've really done it this time because now when you enter the basement, not just one ghost, no, not no. just two ghosts, but a never ending stream of ghosts floating sometimes just through the floor and looping, but many of them bouncing up and down. Different heights and stuff. You gotta, it's a dodge fest. It is. Duck and weave your way beyond the undead. And waiting for you at the end is a slightly larger ghost. He's deadly, but he's not also really. vulnerable to bricks, right? <laughs> he's, not only is he vulnerable to bricks, he bounces around in such a way that if you're in the left side, he can't even hit you. He's too close to the wall. <laughs> you're too close to the wall. He just bounces off you, around you, I guess. But again, this is not any harder than the other two bosses. You just have to hit nope. it four or five times, and you can lock up all of those wonderful electronics and yeah, make your way king here. <laughs> yes, to the fourth and final wing, the wing that houses your mini pets. And by mini pets, I mean frogs, birds, lizards that look like green ghosts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, two breeds of small dog. Yeah, yeah. Some dogs in there. The best part of this level is that, just like all the other ones, when you drop your stuff down the chute, it falls into a pile, and there is nothing funnier than seeing a pile of dogs. <laughs> it's a puppy pile. Cuddle puddle. Now, one other thing to notice is that the um, old school mobsters in this level actually chase you down. They're not just uh, standing around like they used to. They're, look, they want the pets. That's what they're here for. Uh, but there is another part in this level where, uh, oddly enough, there's a room that has my son's... Uh, initials in blocks and on the other side of the room it says dad on in blocks oh sweet and i was like sweet what a weird coincidence <laughs> and then Make the next sure room i went into uh had a uh, marv in it in a way that i 
seriously could not figure out how to not just get hit by him. There seemed to be no way of spawning yeah. Marv and leaving the room without taking damage. He just waits there for you. It's, I had no idea. It's, you know, maybe there's some piece of wallpaper you could stand on that I couldn't find, but I, I have no idea how to get past him either. Yeah, I was just like, I guess we just take the hit and hope there's a cookie <laughs> later on. I need my cookies. But once you've rescued all the frogs and wonderful uh, creatures that you keep in your house... You can finally make your way back to the basement, which I did forget to tell you all. You do need 35 pets to progress to the basement. 35 pets, man. That's illegal. Yes. But you know what? You face ghosts. What horror could be worse than ghosts in this basement? I have no idea. Dragons? Nope. Uh, Just rats. Ooh. Really f- some, some of them are really fast. They've, maybe they've got the Black Plague. Yesenia pestis. I think so. I mean that, or maybe the hantavirus for these uh, <laughs> other New Mexicans out there. If you all remember that, <laughs> who could forget? Now this part was a little tricky, just because some of those rats uh, are really fast and they just keep coming. But when yeah. I say really tricky, I mean it's slightly more tricky than it was before. Yeah, it's not. This game is not very demanding in that no. regard. And finally, we have the boss of this level. And if you've noticed a theme, you might be able to guess what the boss is. <laughs> it is, in fact, a giant rat. Now. This boss does mix things up. It can turn around in the middle of the room. It's evolving. That doesn't make it any more deadly. No, no. And once again, you're just defeating it by dropping that one large brick on it. The magic brick. You beat this rat. You run down the end of the basement till you get to your pile of pets. You do your Wonder Woman spin and fling them all <laughs> into that hilariously. It Shut the door. Worm. Yeah. And you say, yes. Well, I guess that about does it. Chalk another one up for dot 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 mom dad is that Ooh. you and guess what it is your mom's there she tells you she's very sorry you tell her it's cool yeah and they ask if anything happened and you're like haha no and then you get a weirder coda to the end of this game with the wet bandits in jail that's right because next you see them in jail and this is um a digitized shot of the two of them that we haven't seen in the game yet yes and they say that no jail can hold the wet bandits. Dun, dun, dun. But then the bars uh, Marv close is, it. Yeah, Marv is told to shut up. The bars clink, and we are get a nice little the end. And I think it's important for the scene to know that while the bandits are digitalized, or digitized, the background isn't. It's this weird, crappy-looking jail background, so it looks even worse. It's so weird. Uh, then you get a Home Alone logo, the game over, and your final score. Yeah. At which point, you start the game over. And one thing we didn't point out is that the credits happen before the gameplay. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know if they thought that no one would ever see the credits, so they (laughs) put them up front. But I'd like to think that that's why they're there. It makes sense. Right, here we are in the final portion of our show, the review portion. And of course, we use the classic Nintendo power review system that has four categories, each category with a possible score from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. Which I gave a two point. I was wavering. I think I'm going to give it the five. Okay, okay. I went with 2.0. I was I was on the fence myself. The graphics aren't bad. They're just a little blah. They don't really have any style, you know, <laughs> or... Correct. You can tell what stuff is, but not how to interface with it a lot of times. And and what you do have, again, while it's not bad, it's pretty repetitive. And the music uh, is in that same category. 
Yeah, yeah. Although I do like the Nutcracker song. It's it was uh it's made me smile every time. Okay, yeah, yeah. Next up is Play Control, which I also gave a two point five. I also gave it a two point <laughs> Well, you know, it's not horrible. I I could jump where I wanted to. I could get over things. I just never enjoyed doing it. Right. Well, I just didn't like the like if you have to jump on small platforms like you you have that weird momentum where you you know it's super hard to just go still and land on it i feel i I thought i had an icy feel to certain things and i I just didn't know what i was doing with the other weapons and i just you know what i mean where it's like you give up controlling your guy because you don't know what the what's the point like you're right i know i I definitely feel that all right now we have challenge factor all right i went with another 2.0 i gave it a 2.5 because i think the basements could be pretty hard yeah but otherwise, this game is not hard at all. It's just more of a, well, it's it's a slog, as I've said before. So it, yeah, there's a yeah. tiring aspect there. It's just like, you know, you only have the lives you're going to get. There's no continues. There are right. four levels, so it gets longer each time. And I can see where it might take a while to get used to all this. So I don't know. 2.0 is like, probably a little more fair. I feel like if you rented this game, you could beat it. You know, like if you if you owned this game, like... um. Like dear Abby's family did. Oh, yeah. Abby's family owned this game. Uh, yeah, yeah, because she recognized the music and um, yeah, no, you know, I, I, it just sucks, man. Because when you see like a playthrough of this on on the game, it's like thirty minutes tops. It's it's so short if you, and it's not even like you have to memorize the location of anything. It, it's so weird. Very brief. Yeah, yeah, I I I agree. I I think I'm gonna amend it and change oh. mine to a two point Oh. And finally, Nick, we have theme and fun. This one I was kind of hard to rate. I ended up going with a 1.5. <laughs> yeah, I also gave it a 1.5 because it is not fun. No, no. Or cool. Uh, theming or wise, there's no difference between any of the wings besides the toy one. Purely cosmetic. And the cosmetic changes really aren't that much either. It's just like, oh, we added this to the hallway instead of this. There's no potted plants now. It's jack in the boxes or yeah. whatever, you know. And it's just, you know. I, if there was like one other dimension to this game, it might be really cool. But as it stands, it's just boring. Yeah. You know, it'd be cooler. Well, there's a lot of things that would make it cooler. But when you think of it's a Home Alone game here, you know, if you had an actual all four wings kind of where it's like, all right, we're moving around these different parts of the house constantly to find them and and knock the treasures out of their hands and get them to the vault or get the ones before them. It could be cool. But so what you're saying is you wish it was more like the NES version. Kind of, but with a bigger house, you know, or I don't know, or yeah. more houses. Maybe they're going after the whole neighborhood since they made up. This is after the movie anyways. <laughs> well, I've got some good news for you, Nick. Oh, I think you're going to find next year's Genesis version. Very interesting because that is the concept of its game. Ooh, fascinating. But as far as this one's concerned, I did not find it fun at all. Uh, I agree. And finally, I ask you, as I do every week, even if I think I know the answer, which this time I'm pretty sure I do. Yeah. Should you play this game? No, no. I, I don't know. Actually, the more we play these different Home Alone games, I think it's it becomes more interesting to see the different versions where it's like, all right, look, get this out. We got this big movie. You know, we're trying to get this licensed property out. So how different companies like went with that and what they did. So it has a kind of uh, archaeological interest in it. I don't know. But no, don't play it. Yeah, don't play this game, though. Um <laughs> Like I said, it's not bad. It's just boring. If you're interested at all, watch a walkthrough. It's 30 minutes. But even 10 minutes into that walkthrough, you're going to be like, I've seen everything I need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So watch the first five minutes of a walkthrough and you'll get all you need to out of this game. Faux show. Next week's game will be The Secret of Mana for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Because that's right, January is now going to be The Secret of Manuary. <laughs> it's a great month for boys, girls, and sprites alike. Indeed. Uh, we have not finished recording yet, so we're not sure how many episodes it's going to be, but it's going to be a few, that's for certain. It's a beefy game. But well worth it. If you haven't played this game yet, there are so many ways to do so. I think most recently it's been re-released on the collection of Mana. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I want it. That, that collection has the Game Boy game in the series. But more importantly, the sequel that we never got in the United States that was finally localized. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. But we're playing The Secret of Mana, the one that was released here and that many of you, I'm sure, have played before. But if you haven't, grab a copy any way you can and play along, friends. That's right. And if you want to let us know what your favorite Home Alone game is, you can do so at cartridgecommand at gmail.com and we'll read it for the new year. Yes, we will. Or you can get in touch with us on the Facebooks at Cartridge Command or on the Twitterverse at Cart Command. If you follow us at either of those places, we'll let you know when new shows drop. And you can always drop us a line and, uh, I don't know, say hi or tell us about gumdrops or raindrops <laughs> or some other drop. What are your favorite drops? Perhaps they're eye drops. Well, maybe. Now, bass drops? Now, I do like a good bass drop. <laughs> Now, of course, at the end of every show, we like to go out of our way to thank those awesome, wonderful, fine folks to give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. It's their support that makes this show possible. That's right. And you know how we feel about support. If you listen to last episode, I'm sure you do. Or if you listen past the uh, what's playing next week. But it's because of those awesome folks that this show happens. Uh, without them, we wouldn't have the money to put into our hosting fees, our extra equipment, all that stuff. Nick and I are just a couple of working class guys that do this in our spare time. But uh, because we know there are people out there that love the show so much, that they're willing to give us even a dollar, which we totally appreciate, mm. that you know drives us forward to keep making sure this show comes out for you every week. That's right. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. If you don't give, please consider doing so. We'd love to expand the Cartridge Command Empire, as we always say, and uh, we would need your support to do so. So consider giving, and for those that do give, thank you so very much. Yes, thank you all. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! Was it the same? Never mind. I thought they made a different one, but mm. mm -hmm. let's never talk of that again. <laughs> yeah.